friends. My name is Alyssa LaRue and welcome to Novel Ideas, the library podcast. Within the young adult genre of fiction, a subgroup of stories have cropped up that have taken the reading world by storm. Contemporary fiction is described as realistic fiction. These are stories usually set in the present about normal and believable characters. No dragons, magic spells, swords and knights, or terrifying ghosts to thrill you. These stories are about the real struggles of what could be real people. Contemporary romance especially has a dedicated fan base of readers who consume the works of John Green and Rainbow Rowell like wildfire. What is it about these stories that hooks a reader? Are contemporary novels less literary because they're more realistic? And what are the best books to start with? To help me today are librarians and contemporary lovers, Macy Carmen and Catherine Mann. Hello, ladies. Welcome to the podcast. Hi. Hi there. Yay. So these are two new librarians that are joining us on Novel Ideas. So I thought we'd start off with just a little basic introduction. So can you let us know how long you've been at the library with us and kind of what your role is here at the library? I love that you're looking at me <laughs> in expectations. <laughs> let you take okay, so we actually both started at the library two years ago on the exact same day. I think it was. I didn't know that. I think May third. Yeah, it was, was the same day, like fifteen minutes apart, oh and then we were contemporary BFFs from like <laughs> then on. like an hour in. Yeah, it's like we're like, so have you read sense. this book? Yes. yes. Yeah. And then what? What's your role here? Like, well, if someone comes to the library, where will they see you? At the front desk. Yep, or in the drive-through, depending yeah. on where you visit us. Yeah. And I didn't know, is that the, I don't know, if, do you guys do anything else? Do you do displays? Do you do, is it mostly um, just circulation stuff? It's mostly circulation. Okay. I know I have a display coming up in August. I run um, the display oh. that's on the back wall yeah. and at a TV. Oh, yeah. I help with that. And Catherine yeah. assists me with that every yes. single time. <laughs> I thought you guys did that because there have been times where I've seen either one or both of you up there putting up things or changing yeah. things out. So cute. How long have you guys been readers? Were you readers as children or has it just kind of recently started? Um, I started reading in like kindergarten. I had an amazing Rub it in. I, know. <laughs> I had an amazing kindergarten teacher who read us a lot of like smaller J novels like Junie B. Jones and like Magic Treehouse and stuff. And I think that's when I started reading. Um, I just kind of took off from there. <laughs> I haven't stopped. <laughs> so I was a late bloomer. That's okay. <laughs> to no say worries. the least, I didn't read well until I was probably in sixth grade. But then I went on to be a literature major in college. So <laughs> if you can't read well, don't be discouraged because it can happen. Um, I did. I loved books growing up. Like my mom read to me, my teachers read to me. So I loved the stories. I just yeah. couldn't like digest the words myself. So yeah, but in sixth grade, I read Aragon, and from like then on, wow, <laughs> I was committed. And that's like not a small yeah, book. Yeah, no, it's not, not even a small story. I mean, that's a fantasy. Mm-hmm. So and, and well, and like some of the words are like a lot of them. Is yeah, made the up. Name, they're uh-huh. made up names. So and man. The funny thing, I hated the name Aragon. So in my <laughs> head, I changed it to the name Ethan. <laughs> so as I was that's reading, incredible. I would read it as Ethan in my. <laughs> I want a cover of Aragon instead of Aragon uh-huh. saying Ethan. That is brilliant. Whatever oh works for you. Yeah, it did. It worked. Amazing. Oh my gosh, I love it. So, bookish beverage. We always try to do the podcast just beginning off with some kind of bookish beverage. What you're either drinking right now that you love or something you drink while you're reading. Um, so, what's something you love to drink while you are snuggled up with a good book? Well, for those over 21, I recommend Feel free. wine. <laughs> yeah, um, For anyone not of legal drinking age, tea 
and I'm drinking Earl Grey right now. So I think a mug of tea is always nice. Yeah. It's very comforting. And if you're reading a good book, and that's it's comforting too. It smells good. Yeah. yeah. I think it's a more mellow scent than having a coffee in your face while sure. you're reading. Yeah, definitely. And then for, do you have any wine recommendations? Is there a oh certain brand gosh. or type that you love, Catherine? There are so many. Okay, <laughs> so <laughs> if you want just a basic, easy-to-drink wine, I would go with Moscato. It's white, it's sweet, it's a little bit bubbly, so it's kind of like an adult Sprite. <laughs> and if you want something a little darker, um, I think a red blend goes really well. I've been drinking a lot of Apothic Red oh, blend. I think it's so good. It's so yeah. good, isn't it? It's so, it's but like, it's not as intense as I like know. a deep Cabernet, mm-hmm. but it's still just oh, delicious. Yeah. Are there any certain tea types that you like, Macy? Do you, are you more of like an Earl Grey, or do you like the herbal stuff? I just drink black tea. Okay. Like with a little tea. bit of sugar, yeah. and that's all that goes in my mug. Mine <laughs> has hazelnut creamer in it. My tea Ooh. does. Ooh. Yeah. I've never thought about putting creamer it's in so tea. It's so good. It makes it so much richer. Yeah, that's a, and there are some teas that. where like the blend would go really well mm-hmm. with like a hazelnut yeah. flavor. Ooh, I like it. Perfect. To start off the bat, how would you define the contemporary genre? Um, let's just start there. So what, what is contemporary? Between adult contemporary and YA contemporary, I can definitely define the difference. Like I think adult contemporary, especially with like Nicholas Sparks, um, is more romantic and melodramatic. And I honestly haven't read a whole lot of adult contempt that I like, but if anyone has recommendations, feel free. And then versus YA contempt, I think it's a lot more personal and about relationships as a whole and not just romantic love, right? Right, I feel like a lot of the adult ones fit focus mainly on like just the physical aspect Uh of your relationship, whereas in a lot of YA, it's all about It's more of a coming of age situation in YA, which I prefer, honestly, because I want to like the characters. I don't want a romance pushed in my face. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I just looked up what is contemporary, mm-hmm. and really the only bar is just that it's realistic, Yeah. which I don't, every time I hear contemporary, I immediately go to romance, which I don't know yeah, if it's because which, the YA uh-huh. push mm-hmm. with like all the, you know, big YA exactly. contemporary romance, but really, I mean, the hate you give technically is contemporary, right. but it's, yeah. you know, very social justice yes. forward, and uh-huh. so yeah. Well, and I'll throw that out there too. Do, do all contemporary novels tend to have a romance? Um, I think a lot of them do. But I think in a contemporary novel, you sometimes need the romance to push the plot forward. Mm-hmm. In other books, like if you're reading like sci-fi or fantasy, you have things that move the story, yeah. like overthrowing the government uh-huh. or beating the bad guy. In Some a, sort of adventure element. Yeah, in contemporary, you really have... Love is the adventure. <laughs> <laughs> yes, love's the adventure uh-huh. we all want to go on. Exactly. <laughs> With a glass of wine. <laughs> yeah, yeah, that's so true. That makes so much because I mean, in a in a big gargantuan fantasy, you've got right. dragons and magic and all this stuff. Whereas contemporary, it's bringing you back down to just what is fantastical in our everyday life. Exactly. And a lot of times, you know, falling in love and romance is the closest thing to magic that we get. And I think that's why a lot of contemporary titles are standalone titles versus series. Because in in an adventure or a fantasy series, you have to play out this whole big plot with all of these characters. But in a contempt, you can just focus on the moment and this moment in particular and draw that out. What is it about these stories that appeals to you? Why do you ladies love that contemporary so much? Uh, we really like to call this genre fluffy. 
Okay. Um, yeah. <laughs> they're just fluffy books. Um, it's something that I think will just kind of brighten your mood. And if you read contempt, or like we also read other darker things too, so sometimes you'll throw in a nice fluffy contemporary book in between so that you can... Palette cleanse. Yes, palette cleanse. Yeah. You can take a breather in between all of the seriousness. Mm-hmm. I mean, that's kind of my answer too, and I really like their accessibility. Um, There's and, so many of Yes, them. and simplicity. Like, as a lit major, by the time I graduated, I was so overwhelmed and um, just exhausted with all of the hardcore literature I had to read so I needed the nice palate cleanse of contempt to renew my love of books and reading because I was done I was at the point where I didn't want to pick up a book so for sure oh that makes sense well and you probably in in like lit school you're reading all the classics yeah I mean at the time that like was 18th century contemporary Uh but that was just yeah exactly even the language itself is so intense yeah Yeah. that's it contemporary is just really easy to read Mm -hmm. so other things are going to take you but it still has value it's easy to read but it has value definitely yeah that's even the the writing style is Mm -hmm. I've there have been I haven't read as much contemporary as I probably should. Probably by the end of this podcast, I'm going to be like, oh, I, add, I add, 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 yes, like to read, to read. You I'm just have this. Yes, I'll just take the. If, if you can't see this, but Catherine came so prepared, full on lit major, printed out her Goodreads list. So I mean, we are ready to. We should just like link to your Goodreads. I'm on it. You only need hers. Our Goodreads at this point are almost identical. Yeah, but you so. update Amazing. yours more. So go to Macy's because she updates hers. Yeah, Mine hasn't been it. updated since like. <clears throat> November. So, That's, so are you just like hacking your way through it? You haven't really added anything. New I mean, recently? this is my red list. Oh, okay. I don't okay. do like the whole to read. Macy's okay. really good about that. My Goodreads is so organized. Uh-huh. I have bookshelves on bookshelves. Oh, <laughs> I'm gonna have to go snoop. You should. Ooh, I okay. have everything just, organized. Yeah. Like what we have here at the library, mm-hmm. what you would need to enter the library. It's amazing. <laughs> and she has yeah. it like broken up between RB Digital, right, and I Sunflower. Do. So I know if I want to read something, I know exactly where I can go to find yep. it. Oh, that's perfect. If, man, if I had known that, we did it. We did an episode on Goodreads, you know, link to that podcast episode. <laughs> <laughs> uh, but that talking about the organization opportunities there. Right. And, I mean, even within this genre, there's, you know, contemporary romance. And then there's like contemporary with this element to it. And there's like some that are about road trips and travel. So, sure. oh, road, yeah. trips. road trips. Right. That is so, oh my gosh, which I think is perfect. I mean, talking about needing an external uh-huh. thing to push the story forward, just throw people yep. in a car and. Go for it. Bonus points if they, like, hate each other when they yes. get apart first, and then they don't hate each other at the end. But not an insta-love scenario, because oh, yeah, those no. are just ooh, ooh. unfortunate. Oh. I think some would argue that, a lo- you know, the criticism of contemporary right. is people would think or assume that a lot of contemporary is insta-love. Yeah. Um, but you, but Catherine, you are anti-insta-love. I mean, in... Certain situations, I am pro and still love, but the angst is nice. The angst is nice. <laughs> That's part of the reason you read it. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, so I I like when the relationship can develop. They don't necessarily have to hate each other in the beginning, even though that's extremely entertaining. <laughs> but I like I like it when you can see them Work falling in it. love. Yeah, working through it. Yeah. Well, then you're going on that adventure, adventure with, with them. them instead of, oh, here's these characters. They already like each other, uh-huh. but there's 300 pages left, so something has to happen. Yeah, right, right. That, well, that's like, so true, because so much of reading that romance is you're just watching people 
figure each other out mm-hmm. and that's it's interesting I mean I'm, in our actual lives sometimes I can get really boring and drudging with right. if you're with a partner or you're just dating mm-hmm. but there's something about like almost being a fly on the wall or mm-hmm. kind of like watching these characters like oh it's like a soap opera yeah. but better <laughs> <laughs> and then right if some oh. drama shows up then it's like oh yes the <laughs> and there are no back. commercial breaks right <laughs> some might argue that since uh, reading is about escaping reality it's not as enjoyable to read a book so rooted in normal Normal life. What do you think? Do you find that reading contemporary novels just as thrilling as a high fantasy? Yeah. Yes. I mean, I don't know if I'd say <clears throat> thrilling, but it's definitely as entertaining. It's entertaining, that's the word. Yeah. I mean, as set in reality it is, a lot of contemporary isn't realistic. Like, those things are not going to happen right. to you. <laughs> if you life. write a letter to your long-lost crush, a la Laura Jean, he will not write you back. <laughs> that's just flat out you. not going to happen. <laughs> Um, it's definitely still entertaining because, I mean, it's not fantasy in the way that you're thinking like dragons and moors, but there's a little fantasy in right. like a daydream. It's like of. magical reality. Yeah. Yeah. Mm-hmm. yeah. Like, Def- what if this happened, but in a realistic way? Yeah. Definitely. Well, and so I, I wonder if a lot of these, like, uh, authors, you know, you kind of write what you want to happen. If they had a, an experience exactly. in real life, it's like, hmm, I didn't get the guy. Exactly. But, but if but I did, if I did, this, this is how it would go. What happened? Yes, yes, definitely. Which, I mean, I can understand why for anybody that would be appealing. I think yeah. it's kind of cathartic to read it because it is magical and it's unrealistic reality (laughs) something actually comes of it Uh and you know that that would never happen to you so it's nice to read about it happening to someone (laughs) exactly like instead of you know readers don't watch like all of the cliche chick flick films Uh when they have a breakup they're just with the book in one hand (laughs) and like the pint of ice cream in the other just like Oh, at least they have a stack of them, and they just flip between the two, reading all of the scenes they like. You're the only ones I need. (laughs) Yes. One thing about contemporary, and especially YA contemporary, is the trend of touching on some pretty hard-hitting topics like cancer, mental health issues, and race. Do you find that these novels have aided in that conversation about these topics? And what do you what do you think? And of course, my first instinct on that question was like, all the fall in our stars, you yeah, know, that like right. major contemporary, and life. like the hate you give. Yeah, I think that definitely applies because I haven't read it yet. It is on the to be read list, but even not reading it, I kind of feel like it's a reaction, kind of the equivalent of To Kill a Mockingbird was. Oh, true. At its time, like it is a direct reaction to the current social climate. I For think. sure, definitely. Through the perspective of a, of a young person. Right, yeah. exactly, which is so important because they're the ones who are going to become voters in the next election and yeah, like yeah. help establish a new precedent. For sure, yeah. and I think putting things out there, whether it's in a book or when they make it into a movie mm-hmm. format, it makes it easily accessible for people right. to come across. And I mean, it opens your eyes to those things mm-hmm. because, I mean, if you don't live that life, you don't necessarily know how to empathize with Uh them or or know what they go through. So having some sort of media where you can see it through their eyes, I think definitely helps broach the subject. Very impactful. And Macy is really good. She's a huge, we're both huge movie people on top of book people. And Macy's really good about going to see 
a movie or watching a show on the opening weekend so that they can get those statistics and maybe make more movies like this or make more TV shows yeah. like this. So I think that's really important too. You don't really think about it because I didn't think about it until she said something because she wanted to go see Crazy Rich Asians yeah. on opening weekend. Huge. Oh my god! I was like, I don't have time and she went anyway and then she told me why and I'm like, oh my gosh, yes, I definitely want the sequel yeah. and it's important to have the sequel. Oh, and we'll talk about another kind of groundbreaking Contemporary. Exactly. Is, is that is that a series? Didn't they write I think it's one? a series. I think it's one of those spin-off series okay, you okay. mentioned where the second one, I think, has to deal with the main character's sister in okay, okay. from the first book. I've started reading it, but... It's hard. <laughs> it <laughs> is. It's a really, really difficult book to read. Well, there's like what 15 main characters yeah. in the chapters oh, each man. one is from a different Which, point of okay view. it's almost like game of thrones with the contemporary yes, yes it okay. really yes. is because i got it thinking okay this is going to be totally lighthearted, and i can read it in an afternoon and i opened it and they're like talking about the stock market and i have to <laughs> understand <laughs> it and i'm like, like i do not have the mental capacity sure for this. oh yeah. man so there's definitely contempt that is very dense to read. I yes. mean, it's not the majority by any means, but it exists. But then the overall story is just so beautiful uh -huh. and really impactful. It really yeah. is. I mean, it was it was really enjoyable and different to be able to go see a movie, for instance, where literally every character was a, a person of color. Yeah, definitely. Because that just, it doesn't It doesn't happen. happen. <laughs> and that's kind of inexcusable. It and it's happen. really interesting how in, in Contemporary, which is based on real life, I mean, you go into YA, I guarantee you're going to find tons of covers where it's a white girl on the cover mm -hmm. or exactly. it's a white couple on the cover. So I think that makes so much sense to try to advocate for those right. movies and books that amplify diversity mm -hmm. in various forms. And I yeah. think even in YA, they're starting to do a better job of yes, highlighting sure. people of color, whereas adult is still very much not to pick on him in the very Nicholas Sparks Southern category. Right. right. <laughs> um, so, yeah. And playing around with all different, I mean, not even just race, but, you know, dealing with, like, size difference. Exactly. So, oh my gosh, yes, a girl yes, that's not a stick yes. figure can like, have Leah someone love on her. the offbeat. Yeah. Was, well, and know? I wanted to mention, too, um, Holding Up the Universe. Ooh, I've heard that one. It's so good, and the main character is an obese girl, and it's about okay. her. And you have Dublin. And Dumplin, and yeah, and so they all deal with those things mm -hmm. that image issues. A lot yeah. of teenagers deal with, yeah. but they cope with it in the novel, and I think it'll it would help other people hmm. to yeah. to live through yeah, that as well. Definitely. Did you guys hop on the Fault in Our Stars John Green train or? Ooh, look, was, that look is why we do this episode. They both gave a look that was just like, I don't know if it was a glare or if it was like. I mean, I think we have different opinions when it comes to John Green. I think Macy's. John Green was easy to like when you were like 14. And as an adult, if you look back, you're like, why did I do that? <laughs> why did I have that face? Exactly. <laughs> I just, I've read one book by him, okay. and I did not enjoy it much. It was very much manic pixie dream girl to mm -hmm. me, and I he absolutely hate that stereotype, and I think that's what a lot of his books are. So I'm not a big fan of him. I'm really not either. Surprisingly enough, I've only ever read two John Green books, okay. being mm -hmm. The Fault in Our Stars and Paper Town. Oh, yeah, okay. that's the one I read. And, I mean, you're right. It's very manic. 
see Dream Girl. Uh-huh. And, and it's, I just it's kind of hard to get over the yeah. protagonist. Yeah, I yeah. didn't like his characters. So can you kind of explain just briefly what a manic pixie dream girl or there are manic pixie dream boys now. There are, yeah. Now. I think a manic pixie dream girl is everything that a 21st century feminist hates. Yes, it's like, <laughs> I think I heard it described once as like the girl in the Volvo with the Tom shoes and like the dyed cropped hair and the glasses. It's like Zoe Deschanel before she developed as an actress. Like yeah. it was her very categorical casting before she got into bigger roles. And even her character as Jessica Day is kind of manic pixie dream girl, but yeah. more realistic, I yeah. guess. I always think of, even though I love it as a movie, but I didn't really think about it until someone pointed out um, Natalie Portman in Garden State. Yeah, exactly. Like, That's exactly That was it. where it's this quirky and weird mm-hmm. character that really their only point of the plot is to have the male, male character fall in love with grow them. with Yeah. Fall, yeah. That, and that, she that herself doesn't have a personality. Yeah, that's yeah. the reason for existing mm-hmm. is to to benefit the man in the story. Yeah. And most of the time, she's relatively, her quirkiness is her only flaw. Uh-huh. Like, they're not legitimate flaws. It's like, oh, look at you with your multicolored yeah. hair. And yeah. usually there's, like, some sort of dysfunctional family element to her that the guy has to rescue her from, which I hate reading. <laughs> That's a really good point. They uh-huh. do always have those. Yes. Yeah, yeah. It's uh-huh. like... The guy has to rescue this girl to validate her existence, and I have trouble reading stories like that. So another kind of criticism of a contemporary or an assumption is that it is, you know, not necessarily anti-feminist, but that it, you know, it's all about a girl who finds her life purpose in a relationship with girl or a dude most times right. so I, yeah do you do you see that do you I mean if you do see it are you like ew no get away throw the book it's definitely getting better I will occasionally read books like that where it's just the sole purpose is these two people falling in love but I do like that they're starting to fall away from that tradition and I'm trying to think of examples I think there's plenty of contemporary YA if you go look for it that's not necessarily the romance but focuses on other life relationships, whether it's between a group of friends or even like a a parent-child relationship. Like everything, everything. I mean, definitely there's romance in there, but it does focus on the relationship between her and her nurse and her and her mom and even the nurse's daughter, right? So you're getting a varied spectrum of relationships or even things books. like the sisterhood of the traveling pants yeah. series there's yeah, some classic. romance in there but the moral of the story is the girls friendship sustaining together. their friendship yeah so i think there's plenty of both that you could okay. go mm-hmm. you could go and read either one and that's not to put one of romance yeah. down i mean it is cute and you you like it every now and then. Sometimes you want to read something about a, a stronger relationship mm-hmm. that's not necessarily just these two people ending up together. Yeah. Again. That's something I'm, I'm realizing more and more as we keep talking is that the driving force of reading a contemporary is just falling in love with these characters mm-hmm. and their relationships. Absolutely. I mean, maybe you're not getting all the flash of a really intense like, thriller or mm-hmm. horror or a mm-hmm. fantasy, but you're getting this, like, like uh, Mace said, that personal connection. Mm-hmm. I mean, probably by the end, I mean... I'll ask you, have you guys cried reading some of these books? I mean, just you got so yeah. attached. Okay, yes. so I'm an ice queen. <laughs> maybe, maybe and I don't cry. <laughs> no, maybe she hasn't cried, but I have. I she mean, has... I've gotten upset, certainly, but yeah. I just... You've, but you felt for these characters. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, yeah. Like, I, just on the basis of relating to a character, I 
hardcore relate to Cather and Fangirl. Like, she oh, was me in Rebel. college. Okay. Yes. Um, so I really relate to her and having her go through that emotional journey with dealing with anxiety. I could relate to that, and I got really attached to her development as a character. Yeah. Yeah, definitely. I mean, I, they're the handful of contemporary I've read, I still sometimes think, hmm, I wonder what they'd be doing now. Mm-hmm. Or right. More, I mean, in a way, maybe more so than any intense high fantasy mm-hmm. or thriller book that I've read, just because you're you're living with these people. Exactly. Yeah. It's you're brought really into their lives. It's like welcome, welcoming you into their home. Yeah. And, yeah. and it really is, I know you mentioned earlier that it was like coming of age, but I feel like that's a huge thing mm-hmm. because a lot of the times you're following a a teenager right. in high school or early college and they're really learning to become themselves mm-hmm. and whatever happens along the way whether it's romance or friendship you're really there for that main character exactly. to find out who they are and, and how they end up and how to live successfully yeah. as themselves yeah like um, what really comes to mind is Simon versus the Hung Sapiens yes. agenda uh, like yeah. obviously there's romance but it's he also so like, learns to come into himself, and there's a huge, like, character arc for his parents, mm-hmm. his family, his friends. friends. They all go through that emotional journey with him. It's such they, a beautiful book. Yeah, they, really they all excellent. come full circle. It's, it's really beautiful. I did cry during the movie for that, so... Okay, no, I think oh, we all I'm not a total ice cream. Because <laughs> that, that hit home real yeah. hard. Like, yeah. when he's going through... Yeah, I, mean, I won't. I don't want to spoil it. I know. I, know. I, haven't, I haven't seen Love Simon yet, so I know. I know. I need to hop on you that train. Yeah, I know. Well, and the, I mean, man, so many of the teens back there just love it because of what it's opened the right. conversation for and the representation they feel in that book. So, and well, isn't Leah on the offbeat? Isn't that a spinoff? Yes, it is. Of, like it's uh-huh. she was in the first book, but then she kind of gets her own story. She's yes. Okay. His best friend. Okay. So, yeah, so she gets her own. And then there's another spinoff. Let me consult my list to see what the title is. It's called The Upside of Unrequited, and it's also a spinoff, but it's not a direct spinoff of Simon's friend group. But it deals with the same world. Mm -hmm. The same way that Stephanie Perkins Kind of, yeah. It's relatives of the characters in Simon. Do you find when you're reading, especially the YA books, you know, I mean, now that... Because, I mean, you guys were, I think we're all in our 20s. I think you guys are in your 20s. But yeah. we're not we're not 14 anymore, which I'll agree for that. <laughs> right? Um, I'm so glad I'm not in high school. <laughs> when you're reading these, do you find that you almost drift more towards that younger mindset? Or do you feel more maternal? Sometimes when I read these, I'm just like, oh, honey. Oh, just, just sit down. No, you yeah. definitely get that. Do you, I don't even know how many times I've been reading a contempt especially like a romance one and you just want to take the main characters and be like talk to each other right <laughs> have a conversation and all your problems will be disappear solved. yes yes yeah i don't know if i would call it maternal but i definitely can approach their issues with a more mature mindset yeah. sure um I'm rooting for them, obviously. But you want to help them with, like, adult life advice. Yes. Right? <laughs> and or like, tell them, tell this, them this won't be that big of a deal. Yeah, right. Just exactly. take a deep breath. Yeah. It's fine. <laughs> It'll all blow over. It'll get better. I mean, that would be great to have, like, a really good book for that and then have, like, a commentary but not uh-huh. reading the book, but it's more of, like, advice. <laughs> it's like, more like, all right, you see yeah. how this character's being dumb? 
this is why you shouldn't do that. Just a big discussion group. Like, yes. Here's what you should and shouldn't do. We could based call on it content. like the fairy godmother spark notes yeah. of YA. Oh my gosh, I love it. That'd be Just adorable. Footnotes at the bottom of the page. You see what Lara Jean here is? Okay. Don't do that. Don't do that. I'm curious about in terms of explicit content. Is there a line for you where it's like, ooh, this is drifting from contempt? And it could be more, it doesn't have to be sex, it could be language, it right. could be. Maybe the entire, I mean, there have been some, you know, even like 13 Reasons Why, which really touches on some like heavy stuff. Mm -hmm. um, do you feel that there is a little bit of a line there that contemporary doesn't cross? Or do we just move into a new genre when it gets to be really intense? I feel like a lot of contemporary YA at least won't get explicitly sexual. Yeah. But it, it will get heavy on other topics. Um, so it'll get heavy when it talks about race yes. or like your family member is dying mental or, illness yeah someone's being abused but I don't know if there's really a line I can't really think of a contempt I can definitely think of you know Sarah J Moss and right oh, then maybe some of her stuff but I can't really think of a contempt off the top of my head I can't think of a contempt where I've read anything like explicitly sexual in it I'm trying to think of things that would have made me blush, and I can't yeah, think yeah, of anything. Yeah. Well, so much of the relationship is is the play. It is that like right. the hand holding or the the look. I mean, it, which makes more sense because you're really getting close and connected to these characters. It's exactly. not just like woo, yeah. that was fun, high five. Which I think is <laughs> yeah. when you get into contemporary. <laughs> I think once you reach that line is when it goes to adult contemporary yeah. fiction, yeah. where the characters just have sex 15 times in the book, <laughs> and that's their whole relationship. Yeah. <laughs> Which is interesting that, you know, YA will dabble in these other intense camps, mm -hmm. but that one, they'll kind of like, okay, this is, this is the line. There's so much yeah. other more important yeah. things to read about as a developing adult than you sex. And that doesn't mean that the characters don't do that. I mean, it'll definitely hint or yeah. there will be a certain innuendo. They'll wake oh, up the like, next day. Um, yeah. <laughs> what's the one about the violinist and she goes into a, no, cellist, and she goes into oh, a cellist. Oh, if you stay? If I stay. If I stay, yeah, that whole scene was, you knew what they were doing, but they never said right. anything never about right. it. Yeah. And that's a really great one because there are some elo some contemporary, I think, that do have that magical realism uh -huh. or a yeah. little bit, because, I mean, wasn't that she, there was not really she was, magic, yeah, but she was, was like in a coma, but she she was there. Like yeah. She was, she was out a of ghost. Her body. Yeah. 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 I feel like yeah. there's a subcategory exactly. that will play around. And that. in that category, another really good book to read is We Were Liars by E. Lockhart. I've, wanted, I've heard so it many good things so about that so good. One. I think it's yeah. one of those you either love it or you hate it, but I was so invested in the plot of that book and discovering yeah. what was happening, and it's one of those situations where you know you have an unreliable narrator, mm -hmm. but you want to trust them anyway. It, it was good, so yeah, definitely oh, recommendation. It. Man, these books just playing with our emotions. I know. <laughs> Especially within romance, like Sarah Dessen or even Nicholas Sparks, there's criticism that the books aren't as literary or quote-unquote intellectual. What do you think? Have you ever felt that kind of judgment for enjoying a contemporary novel? You guys have even said it's it sometimes can be called fluff. Yeah. You know, do you get a little bit of the judgment of like, oh, you're reading one of your People yes. are going to judge you no matter what you're reading. Exactly. People are going to judge you for reading fantasy novels because it seems childish, uh -huh. or they're going to judge you for reading romance because it doesn't seem literary. Or it's anti-feminist or yeah, I mean, something like that. What's important is your reading. 
to enjoy it. Yeah. The people who are criticizing you probably aren't reading. And so you're step sure. ahead already. Exactly. <laughs> and going back to the question of it being too realistic or something like that, to think back to what you qualify as like classic literature like Mrs. Dalloway by Virginia Woolf yeah, yeah. or The Dubliners by James Joyce that's literally a 24-hour period in this person's life so I don't think you can get more realistic <laughs> yes. than that and that is the kind of stuff you read as a literature major so saying it's not literary yeah. is really judgmental a I lot think of classic literature <laughs> yeah. I think was just romance back in the yeah, that time, like Jane right. Austen. Jane Austen is, is now, just a romance. Yeah, writer, it's really she's the like godmother, like the mother yes. of contemporary in a lot of ways. Uh-huh. I mean, we've yeah. all at least watched Pride and Prejudice. Yes. It's like the most romantic right. thing you could ever witness. But even but... like my literature professor in college trashed Jane Austen because okay. he thought she wasn't literary, and I'm like, she was writing about current events from the perspective of a woman in that time period. This is relevant and contextual and stop. <laughs> yes, which is exactly, I mean, you pick up a modern contemporary now, mm-hmm. that's exactly what it is. I mean, they, you know, they're including, te- I mean, I think I love it when, like, their text messages in there now. Exactly. Yeah. Like, they format it and they change the font. So uh-huh. it's like, oh, okay, they're, I'm, I see what right. it's like to be a 16-year-old in today's modern mm-hmm. society. It's rough. Yeah. <laughs> it's right. It's rough. <laughs> right, definitely. I think maybe that's why adults, usually adults, consider this to be like a non-literary mm-hmm. subject is because it's about teenagers. And a lot of times adults don't consider teenagers people. And so they don't. Mature people. Right. Yeah, Which is like, so bizarre because a parent could go pick up a YA book. And relate and it, to it. Yes, and at least to a certain degree understand what their teenager is going through if they don't remember what it's like. Yeah. So I think that's a really valuable resource that maybe not everybody utilizes. Yeah. Hold on to your hats. <laughs> we're going to get into recommendations. And actually, I didn't put this on here, but if you can think of some, maybe some that you would dissuade people from oh. reading. So if there were any that you were like, mm, I think you've read a couple. This this makes the, this gives the genre a bad name, or just don't start with this book. Those we could we could start there first, if you like, and then we can end on a good note. Those so. are hard to think of because I typically just put those titles <laughs> right. like, lock them out. Yeah, I'm like, don't pay attention to what I just read because <laughs> <laughs> you just read one from that galley, right? That you didn't. <gasps> I did. It's not that I didn't love it. The thing about Net Galley is sometimes those things haven't been edited. <laughs> I think it's published now, so I almost wonder if I re-read it, it, if it would be better. As far as a spinoff series goes, I wouldn't recommend reading Leah before you read Simon by Becky Albertalli. Yeah. Just because Leah can be a little bit difficult to read, even okay. for someone who hardcore loved Simon. I couldn't read Leah. <clears throat> I tried yeah. and I didn't enjoy it Because it's much. a completely different perspective on Leah. I think the problem also is that we kind of fell in love with Simon. Uh-huh. And Leah's not Simon. Yeah, that's <laughs> okay. part of it, definitely. Her other book, though, that she just came out with that's, um, What If It's Us, mm-hmm. um, was okay. It, that one's about two boys, but it still wasn't as good as Simon. There's two characters, and I think she writes <clears throat> one, and he writes the okay. other. And then maybe... John Green, don't start there at least. I do think John Green was good when you were like 14, but if you're a little older than that, then maybe. But I also feel like he was what was available. Right, it wasn't You have way more options. Diverse a category. Definitely. And I mean, even even if you want to read something like more sad, 
like about sick kids for some reason. Mm-hmm. Other things exist like five feet apart that are written yeah. so much better. Mm-hmm. And, and even everything, everything. I mean, it's yes. it's quick. It's but, but it's, it's good. It's still like heartbreaking mm-hmm. and impactful. Yes. <laughs> Yeah. In all of the right ways. Yes. Yeah, definitely. You guys made a great point, too. So definitely mention your favorites, but maybe you could also mention a subcategory of ones you'd recommend to parents who might want to connect to my 14-year-old. How do I do that? One book that I just read a couple months ago, this isn't YA, it's J, but have you read George? Oh, I haven't read it, but that one, like, well, that one got, had some stuff with, yeah, the, what was it, the Andover Library, where they got challenged? Yeah, they, they yeah. challenged it. They wanted oh, yeah. to ban it. Like, someone challenged it was going to ban it. Because yeah. the, the main character is, uh, is, it, is he trans? He's transgender, I think would be the proper terminology for it. And it really opened my eyes because it's from this perspective of a child. Like, right. he's eight, maybe. Mm-hmm. He's in elementary school. And it's a very short read, but it was something that really made me think while I read it. Like, this yeah. is what these people are feeling and going through. So it's not YA, but as an adult, like, you should really read that. It's, okay. It really makes you empathetic to nice. what the trans community goes through in life. I've read one recently. I don't know if you guys have read it. It's called uh, Tosh Loves Tolstoy. And it's not only is it about an asexual character, which was really great, but it's also actually about basically, I mean, they, they change the names and stuff, but it's basically about a YouTuber who becomes famous. So oh, cool. she creates this like YouTube channel and does these skits and then they get super duper famous. They even go to kind of like a VidCon and it's what it's like as a 16, I think she's like 15 or 16 awesome. um, year old being in the social media uh-huh. realm. But then she's also dealing with this question of is she sexual or not. So right. that one. And then if you like Tolstoy at all, like if you dug Anna Karenina, it's got a couple little blurbs <laughs> in there. Excerpts. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> so I definitely recommend that one too, okay. for sure. Well, if you just want to start, let's just start recommending stuff. <laughs> Do you want an alphabetical yeah. or by Go for it. star Go for review? It. Things that you would recommend to, to dive into this contemporary genre. Go for it. I'll do my short list first and then Macy can go and then we'll like fill in. <laughs> That's so, to say that if we don't have the same things on our exactly. list. Exactly. Perfect. So I already recommended We Were Liars by E. Lockhart. I'm going to recommend it again because it's kind of a sleeper book. Not a lot of people know about it, but it's excellent. Top 10 by Katie Katukno was so very cute. good. I like that a lot. Obviously, To All the Boys I Loved Before by Ginny Hahn. Let's just pause there. <laughs> Everybody should read this series. Everybody. And then you so should good. watch the Netflix movie. Uh-huh. Is the Netflix movie, is it good? Is it faithful to the to the book? or? Eh, I mean, <laughs> it's cute in its own category. Okay. Yeah. okay. It's obviously like all adaptations. It's not as good as the book. Obviously. Okay. But it's cute. And I mean, we had a, we still had a watch party. We did. And we like, we made baked goods like Laura Jean Wood. Uh-huh. And I mean, we were disappointed with some things, obviously. But I mean, I watched it a lot since then. Yes. So. We're still upset okay. about the current casting decisions for the sequel, but there we don't want to get into that because we'd be here all night. <laughs> that's not our place. Perfect. Yeah, that's not our so. place. <laughs> we can do a whole podcast episode right. just to all the ones I love before. Yes. Okay, um, great. And the last one on my shortlist is Since You've Been Gone by Morgan Matson. That has a lot of music playlists in it, which I love because I am a music person, and when a book has a recipe, 
recipe or a playlist in it, I am committed. <laughs> I love when books have playlists. Was it um, Shuffle Repeat? Yes. has so many good songs in it that it the does. characters listen to in the book, mm -hmm. and you could just make your own little playlist. Awesome. I just want to add on, like, anything by Rainbow Rowell. Oh, yes. Oh, yeah. Anything and everything, <laughs> but Fangirl especially, I think, is a great place to start. Because that's really what's going to make you fall in love with I think with those that's books. where she started, too. Is that her first I book? I think that was her first book. Mm -hmm. I know it was. I mean, it's become a contemporary classic. It's, oh, yeah. Phenomenal. Oh, yeah. Like, if you're going to start in contemporary YA, I think Fangirls is I a think great that's place how I started. to go. Uh -huh. Yeah. It's a little bit bigger than most but contemporary But it reads YAs. so quickly. Yeah. And the character is so very relatable. Very relatable. Okay. Great. Mm -hmm. Um... I really like Stephanie Perkins, which Catherine turned me You're on welcome. to Stephanie You're Perkins. Welcome. Um, there's one called Tell Me Three Things by Julie Buxbaum, I think is how you would say her name. Bobom? I don't know. Bobom? It might be French. Fancy. I, I don't know how to pronounce <laughs> it. Um, it's a quick read, but it kind of delves into some like identity issues that the the character doesn't really know how she should feel about certain things. And then I'm just going to say it. Anything that involves a road trip. Yes. You should just, yeah. just do yeah. it. They're all so good. Um, There's one. I can't. I can see the cover in my head. It's like a road. It's like a road. And it's like. <laughs> is it about a road trip? <laughs> it is. Oh, my gosh. No, it's just about construction workers. Just like. <laughs> they're sitting in traffic and they fall in love. Man, wouldn't that be what? a book? Like, it two would. people fall in love in a traffic just jam. Yeah. From your car. From your car. And they're like airdropping each other messages. Oh, my gosh. Okay. We, we got to collaborate and write this. Collaborate. Do it. Do it. Oh, my gosh. I love it. But, yeah, yeah there are some. And especially in YA's. And this is a great time of year. To, so I want to do this episode around spring summer uh -huh. so man if you want to get into that summery feel grab a road trip book there's man. there's plenty of them on my goodreads list you can feel free to <laughs> consult <laughs> consult through there i think there's things like um amy and roger's epic detour that's the one i was thinking of um, yep that one's really good mosquito land yeah. if i remember is like a road trip novel and that one is weird in I our library it's categorized as adult but if oh. you go to barnes and noble i've seen it it's in the, the YA. YA. Yeah, I think it's maybe what they consider that new adult uh -huh. genre, oh, okay. where like I think she's a teenager, but it deals with a lot of adult topics. Issues. Yeah. Sort of newer author that I've really enjoyed all of her books is Jen Bennett. Ooh, okay. Um, she wrote this book called Alex Approximately, which is very fluffy, mm -hmm. but is very good. And it also, is that the one where the boyfriend kind of had some anger issues he had to work out, and he sort of lost his career as... A surfer? Ooh, I don't. I think it is. Remember, I'm pretty. Maybe. Yeah, it is. So that's a really good point because yeah. it's still fluffy, but he is dealing with things that a normal person would deal with, especially Definitely. a teenager. Yeah, losing his ability to do what he's good at and having to contend with those internal. Well, and didn't demons. he? Maybe, was yeah. he the one that had like a bad home life and like didn't he like? live at the museum? Or? No, his friend did. Okay. So he also had this it, it deals with wily friend yeah. who he couldn't control and who was impacting his relationships okay. and his home life. So, Ooh, so I mean, it's it's fluffy, but yes. it's got some, yeah. some deep stuff in there. I think that's the thing about contemporary <clears throat> way. Like, it has romance, but it deals with all these other it can get dark. Topics, yeah. yeah, that are very serious. Really suddenly, actually. There's like a boy and a girl or mm -hmm. whatever kind of romantic relationship is there but they'll deal with parental relationships or yeah. one of their parents is dying or they're dealing with 
maybe teenage obesity or drugs or drinking. And so I think there's a lot of... And it's, I mean, that's in a way, that's an argument against like, oh, all of these books kind of fantasize for uh, relationships because really... I mean, relationships go through stuff. Exactly, And, like, yeah. the world still spins and problems come up mm-hmm. even when you you found someone that you love and it's really how you navigate right. that together. And you still have to go to school and you still have to eat and you still have to take care of yourself. Yeah. yeah. And um, just on the topic of road trip novels, um, this one is another sleeper book that I don't think anyone but me has read because I haven't talked to anyone <laughs> who has. Um, it's called Sophomore Year is Greek to Me by Meredith Seatland. I've heard of that. It is really good yeah i liked it a lot so that's a definite recommendation i think 13 little blue envelopes is a road trip <gasps> yes novel too. i read that one when i was first learning to read that was Ooh. one of them i read so that was a sixth grade read i think nice yeah. that's an older one it is <laughs> but it's really good yeah. well i think that's super interesting kind of going back and reading um some of the books that were like when we were in high school exactly. so about you know roughly 10-ish years ago. Yeah. Like, it's interesting to see the change. So I, I'm almost excited to see, like, in the future what, like, you right. know, the little ones are going to think about the rainbow They're going to have like stuff. George. Yeah. And it's yeah. going to be yeah. so incredible. Wonderful. Well, that's all I got, ladies. Thank cool. you so much for being on the podcast. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you so much for listening. Novel Ideas, the Library Podcast is presented by the Derby Public Library of Derby, Kansas. Our theme music is by Jay Atherton, and our podcast logo was designed by Chloe Brown. Visit our website to look up books, review your accounts, and see library events. Our library blog is full of book reviews, new releases, and personal notes from our librarians. Find us on Facebook, Instagram, and YouTube to see upcoming events, pictures, links, and more from the library community. And if you haven't yet, sign up for our monthly newsletter so you can get reminders and updates sent right to your email. Read on, patrons, and have an awesome day.